Приветствую вас. Я чуть-чуть говорю по-русски, потому что мы жили в Москве полтора года и два с половиной года в Вильнюс Литва. Но я из я в Америке now and I'm going to talk English. Okay. Oh, it's so good to be with you all. Thank you, Pastor uh, Andre, for allowing us for being with you tonight. Let me just quickly tell you a little bit about us, and uh, then we're going to get into our message tonight. We're going to have a good time tonight. Uh, I just believe God's going to do some awesome things around these altars. And uh, first of all, I'm from North Carolina, and my wife, she's from, well, when I, when I found her 42 years ago, she was here in Tacoma, Washington. And uh, we have a courtship that's really cool. Long before they had uh, all this uh, dating apps and everything, uh, that's another story. We're not going to go there. But anyway, uh, we moved to North Carolina. We, my dad and I started a Christian school, just like y'all have here, in 1980. I was the first principal for 12 years. I had one of my students tell me one time, uh, uh, Mr. D, uh, it's not the school we don't like. It's just the principal of the thing. Y'all get that. Maybe you'll get it after a while. Anyway, uh, but we were 12 years as principal of the school. And then we um, went to uh, Russia as missionaries for four years. And after that, we came back home and back to North Carolina. And I became pastor of my home church there in, uh, in Askeville, North Carolina. And for 23 years, I was pastoring. Then the Lord kind of shifted our gears. I was content with retiring there, but the Lord shifted our gears and said, we want you to travel across the country and preach in Slavic communities. When I was in Russia, I taught in a Bible school, and some of my students, just a handful of them, immigrated to America. They're scattered across the country, and I was able to reconnect with them a few years ago, and they've been saying, will you come preach for us? Come preach for us. And of course, I was pastoring. I couldn't do it. But um, now that I'm not pastoring, we are traveling the country. We've been in Massachusetts, been in Florida, been in South South Carolina. We've been in California, Sacramento. I just got back from Sacramento, California, uh, in Portland and Vancouver. There's a lot of Slavic uh, communities there. You know that. And, uh, and then uh, in uh, Philadelphia. And uh, well, anyway, we've been a lot of places, but we're excited to be here in Tacoma with you guys and gals tonight. My lovely wife, Cheryl, greet the, these wonderful young people. It is a joy to be here and worship Jesus with you. Thank you, worship team. I, worship to me is so special, just, just basking. I, I just kind of envision I'm around the throne of God, singing his praises, and we are one day closer to being in his presence in heaven. Jesus is coming. It could be tonight before we leave. But there's so many people that do not yet know him, that are not ready to go to heaven. As you walked in those doors tonight, whichever one it was, our Heavenly Father was watching. He knows right where you're at, your life. He also knows our future. He knows who he wants each one of us to share Jesus with. Before Christ came the first time, they had been praying for his coming, the Messiah's coming. God knew who was going to be those 12 disciples. God knew the men and women who would love and serve and give their lives. God knew the men and women who would share about Christ, our wonderful Messiah. And tonight, as he looks down from the throne room of heaven at us, he knows the path that he wants each one to take in sharing our Lord with Jesus. Young people, we encourage you to keep your ears open to what God's saying. 
in your mind to determine to be obedient, whatever he asks us to do. And to open your hearts to the Holy Spirit. Our desire, and we continually, and Pastor uh, uh, Royal, my husband will be sharing about this, that the Holy Spirit will empower us to share Jesus with our world. Oh, God bless you. Jesus is coming soon. And let's keep busy working for Jesus and sharing about our wonderful Lord. God bless you. All right. I just one more thing I'll just share with you. I got three children. Uh, I've got eight grandchildren, seven grandsons, one granddaughter. One of my children, uh, Rochelle, she is a missionary to Russia. And right now she's in Dubai, uh, United Arab Emirates. Uh, they're at a conference, and then she'll be leaving there, going back to St. Petersburg, Russia. And so you can keep her in prayer. She's got four of my grandsons with her. One just, just had one. She's 40 years old, just had her fourth. Um, son and uh, anyway we're we're, we're going to miss the little tot uh, anyway uh, I tonight uh, I want to share with you in fact let me just say that when I started to travel around the country I asked the Lord what do you want me to preach on and the Lord uh, revealed to me to preach on the Holy Ghost to preach on the Holy Ghost now America's got some major problems uh, and the answer to America's problems is not in a political party and it's not in education but the answer to America's problems is in the church of Jesus Christ. And I believe that you young people are vital to the answer to America's problems. In fact, uh, around the country, it, the Slavic young people, many of them are on fire for God. And it has encouraged me to see what God is doing through the Slavic young people. And so I just want to encourage you tonight to just listen to this message because we're going to be talking about the Holy Ghost. And you might not think it is because we're going to have a good time tonight. I believe, you know, I've been around young people all my life and I'm, I, like to, uh, I like to have some participation. So if I ask you some questions, don't, you know, feel free to raise your hand or, or whatever. I do prefer raising your hand, but uh, raise your hand and, and just respond a little bit. But at the end of the service, we're going to have some time around this altar. Amen. But I'm a fisherman. Anybody like to fish here? Raise your hand. Anybody? Any lady, yes, see a few ladies over here like to fish? Yeah, like to fish. I love to fish. I like to catch the big ones. I love to catch the little ones. I don't care uh, how big, but I just like to be out on the water and I like to fish. Yeah. So tonight's message is going to be a fish story, or we could subtitle it, A Fish in the Church. Now, the scripture we were going to read has already been read. I'm not going to read it again, but I will say this. The, Jesus told those disciples if you'll follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Now, these guys were, were, were fishermen like some of you are. Now, those of you that like to fish, do you have any fish stories? Just nod your head. If you got some fish stories. I got some fish stories. I'll tell you one real quick that I had. I was fishing for striped bass out in the Atlantic Ocean. By the way, I'm from North Carolina. Uh, again, my wife was here from Tacoma uh, when I got her. But, but uh, when we met, when we, uh, anyway. Uh, but, but, but I was f fishing out in the ocean. We were catching stripers, big stripers. At least we were trying to catch some. And, and we had, uh, we fished, I don't know, three or four hours. and had caught a, a fish. But finally, we got one on. And the guys I was with said, Pastor, you get the first fish. And so here I am pulling this big fish in. I'm trying to get him in. We get him to the side of the boat. One of my other buddies get the gaff. And he goes to hit the fish, and he hit him once. He hit him a second time. Hit him, he hit him about three times, and the fish got off. Well, come to find out, he forgot to take the rubber tip off the gaff. And so we never got another bite that day. So to me, that was a fish story. But these guys that were fishing, uh, they did.
did not have a fish story because the scripture we said we read or our sister read the scripture said they fished all night and they didn't catch anything so there's no story to tell there was no fish story and uh but it's interesting how Jesus caught their attention and proclaimed their destiny by using a fish as an illustration. He said, if you'll follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Now, they understood what fishing was. If you'll follow me, I'm going to make you catch fish, but they're going to be men. Okay, so, so use that analogy. Now, I believe that if Jesus can use the analogy of fish and men, I can do it. Don't you think so? If Jesus can do it, I can do it. Huh? Right? All right, just shake your heads if you're following with me, okay? Am I talking too fast for you? No? Okay, if Jesus can, so we're going to say, we're going to call this fish in the church. Every, every person, every one of us are a type of fish. Now, we're going to look this, this evening uh, on five different types of fish that I find in the church. Remember, I've, I've been a pastor, and I, I know, and we could probably add some more to this, but I'm going to look at five fish tonight. Uh, that we find in the church. Uh, and so uh, I've been given this little thing here, and I'm not used to doing it, but we're, here we go. All right, here we go. Here's five types of fish in the church. Number one, here we go. Number one, anybody raise your hand, tell me what kind of fish this is. Right here, what is it? It's a catfish. Did you girls know what that was? You know it was a catfish. All right, can I just ask you another question? What does a catfish eat? You, huh? They eat why don't they do they they eat junk off the bottom i'm telling you what i've been catfishing i i like to catfish and, and sometimes and and uh you can put a hot dog on the on the line you can put a piece of uh, a, a shad on the line you can put a piece of chicken on the line you can put just about anything on the line and a catfish will eat it they eat the junk off the bottom and so we see that there are people in the church that often eat the junk off the bottom now listen they come to church and this if this applies to you hopefully it, does, hopefully it does it but we come to church we sit there we worship the lord we dress like a good christian and everything but inside there's things that we are hiding and friends i want to tell you and especially young people there's a lot of things and the temptations in our culture today in our society today that you've got to be careful with you cannot uh, you cannot allow these things into your life. You can't feed on these things. You've got to be careful with the internet. You've got to be careful what you watch on television. You've got to be careful what you put in your eyes, what you think about, what you listen to on the radio. You've got to be careful. You cannot just take what the world feeds us because we become what we eat. And so if you eat from the bottom, if you eat the junk off the bottom, uh, then you are a catfish and we cannot become a catfish the scripture says in Philippians 4 8 it says this uh, finally brethren whatever things are true whatever things are noble by the way how many things on television are true now I'm not telling you everything on television is bad but I'm just saying how much of that is really true how much of the news that we hear is true I'll tell you what we hear a lot of fake news today don't we so we've got to be careful what we put in our minds but look whatever things are noble whatever things are just whatever things are pure whatever things are lovely whatever things are of good report is there anything virtue is there anything praiseworthy meditate on these things so it's vitally important young people that we don't live our life like a catfish where we're always eating the junk and the bottom it, we need to starve the flesh and feed the spirit and we must not eat from the bottom. So the catfish, the second fish that I want to look at, let's look at them here. 
What is this? Somebody on this side over here. You, you guys over here, right, right there. Throw your hand. What kind of bass? Huh? Uh, uh, say it real loud. A large mouth. You're good. That's good. You did right. A large mouth bass. Uh, now, what's significant about a large mouth bass? Huh? He's got a large mouth. He's got a big mouth. Now, listen. A big mouth. This, this fish, this fish has a big mouth. Anybody ever heard the story about the big mouth frog? Anybody? Okay, now I'm going to tell you the story. Don't laugh at me, okay? But I tell it to my grandkids sometimes. It's a cool little story, but it said there was a big mouth frog, okay? He lived in the barnyard, in the farm. You know, on the farm, so he hops up to, to a, a cow, and he says, Mr. Cow, what do cows eat? And the cow says, well, we eat, the, we eat hay that the farmer brings him. He says, is that so? And then he hops up to a, a chicken. He said, Mr. Chicken. What do chickens eat? Chicken says, well, we eat the, the, the grain and the, 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 that the farmer brings and throws out for us. He says, is that so? Then he hops up to a, a horse and he said, Mr. Horse, what do horses eat? And he said, we eat uh, the grass out in the field. He said, is that so? And then there was a snake in the barnyard. And he, crawls, he hops up to the snake and he says, Mr. Snake, what do snakes eat? And he said, we eat big mouth frogs. He said, is that so? So what, what do we see here? He's kind of like the big mouth bass. If he would have kept his mouth shut, he wouldn't get caught. How many of you know that? If the big mouth bass keeps his mouth shut, he won't get caught. Well, what do we, well, how do we relate this with people? You see, there are people that are in the church, people that call themselves Christians. Now, I'm, you know, we know that there's a lot of catfish in the world, in the world that, that eat the junk off the bottom. But what about in the church? And the same thing with the big mouth bass. We know there's some people that have got big mouths. But there's sometimes in the church we have people that are just have a big mouth. You see, they like to brag. They like to gossip, talk about their friends, complain about what they have or what they don't have. They get angry. You know, they get so angry. If you just talk to them or rub them wrong, they get angry. You might know some people, maybe at your school or whatever. They get really upset. But we must not be a big mouth bass. We must learn to control our emotions. We notice in James 1, 9, it says, Then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. It's best just to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> when there's issues that come up that you disagree with or you don't understand, it's best just to keep your mouth shut. Don't just give a, a piece of your mind. Someone said if you give them a piece of your mind, they'll know what the rest of the mind is. Somebody else said if you give them a piece of your mind, you, that, you know, you're going to run out of pieces in your mind. You're going to lose your mind. So look, I just say that we need to learn to keep our mouth shut. We can't be like a big mouth bass. Here's another fish. And uh, this is going to be a little tricky. Let's try this one. Anybody know what this is? We'll try. I'm going to get somebody. Uh, okay, right over here. It's a flounder. Anybody know what's significant about a flounder? Huh? Exactly. You're a smart fisher person. Okay, notice what it says here. Look, did y'all hear him? He said, it's two eyes on one side. That is very unique, you know, to have both eyes on one side. Now, here's the point about a flounder. A flounder only sees one side of every story. 
I've got three kids, and I told you a few moments ago, and sometimes I remember they were growing up. You know what? One of them would come. I've got two daughters and one son. Son's the youngest. But uh, uh, I, I would have one of them come up and say, Daddy, you know what uh, so-and-so did? They did this and, and did this and did this, and this is not right. And I think, you know what? You're exactly right. That's not right. And then the other one comes up, and they tell me, Oh, Daddy, you know what uh, sh she did? It, this and this and this. And then I get the other side of the story. How many of you understand there's always two sides to every story? You always want to give the side that you believe or the side that will benefit you. And uh, that's not the side. I mean, that's not the way to do it. You know, that's what our news media does oftentimes. They give one side of the story, what benefits them or what they want you to know or what they want you to believe. There's always two sides to every story. We go to the scripture in Matthew chapter number 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now, what do we, why do we use these as a peacemaker or the flounder is a, or, or, or the flounder's illustration of two, seeing two sides? But why use this scripture? Is because we must listen to both sides and then try to bring people together. I can tell you, tell you, young people, the devil will try to bring division among the church, among God's people, and, and I can see it right now, even, even in this uh, crisis over in Russia and Ukraine. In fact, there's two things that we've been praying for, and we've been asking uh, churches, English-speaking churches all over America, to pray for two things concerning this crisis. Number one, there'll be unity in the church here in America because there's the potential. In fact, I've already heard of some Slavic churches that are splitting because of a crisis that's happening overseas. It's the devil trying to bring disunity. We've got to come together, my friends. We are... Born, we are believers in Christ, and we've got to come together and be unified. And also I'm praying for protection for the families that are over there uh, in, in that particular war. So uh, we, we must learn to be peacemakers. Learn to be peacemakers. All right, here's, here's the next fish. This is going to be a good one. Uh, it's a, one that is going to be more difficult. Anybody in the back back there? You got any idea? Uh, there's one in the very back. Yes, could you yell? Is it what? A puffer fish. Anybody ever heard of puffer fish? Anybody? You know, all right, a puffer fish. How about one of you girls here? Do you know what's significant about a puffer fish? Man, you, you, you all are smart. You're the smartest group I've ever seen. I've had, I think, here. The puffer fish blows up. The puffer fish blows up. Why, why does a puffer fish blow up? You see, uh, you know, I, I, in, in eastern North Carolina, uh, we'll go out on the, in the ocean on the pier and we'll catch these things, these little, little uh, uh, we call them blow toads. Uh, they're puffer fish, but we call them also blow toads because they blow up when you, when you get them out of the water. But, but when we get them up and we get them and they're not blown up, you can tickle their stomach and they'll start blowing up. And, and so uh, uh, blow toads. But here's the significant part about, about this puffer fish. The puffer fish, uh, he blows up for defensive measures. When he is in the water, when a bigger fish comes along, he blows up to defend himself. But that's what some people do. Have you ever seen people that blow up? People that just, they, they just puff up. Whenever things don't go their way, they get all upset. Now, I know we're talking to young, mostly young people tonight, and, 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 you know, we have to learn not to blow up and have to puff up, but we have a lot of adults that do the same thing. They blow up. And uh, we must not be a puffer fish. We must not blow up. Uh, 
I want to I go to a, a, a scripture that's a real important scripture here. And it says, Matthew 5, 44, but I say to you, love your enemies. Now remember, these are defensive measures. Anybody here got enemies? Anybody? I do. I'm sure I do. Not, yeah, yeah, we got enemies. All of us do somewhere. Uh, uh, you just don't know them. Uh, but, but the thing is, it said to love your enemies. Now, this is hard to do. I just can't. It's, it's hard to love it, but, but that's not as hard. You know, I can love my enemies as long as I don't have to be around them. I don't want to be around them. I'll love them, you know, at a distance. But that's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say love your enemies when they are 50 miles away or 100 miles away or 1,000 miles away. Love them. Oh, yeah, I love them. It's right. But when they're close to you, it's really tough. But then it says bless those who curse you. Now, that's getting really hard, getting really worse. The bless those who curse you. Now, uh, how can you bless someone who curses you? Anybody got an idea how you can bless somebody that, that's cursing you? How do you bless someone? What do you do if you're going to bless somebody? Okay, that, that's one way to bless them. Yes, that, that's the best way to bless them. But, but we're going to, uh, let, let, me, let me try, try. any young people, come on, all right? Let me tell you how, how a good way to bless somebody. Bless somebody uh, that, that curses you. Let's say you've got a neighbor that they don't like you, and, you know, they throw stuff in your yard. And, uh, you know, you might have a fence there. They throw it over the fence and they trash up your yard or whatever. Uh, let's just say that you know your neighbor, um, some of you girls especially, you go bake them or, or you're, you know, maybe you guys know how to do this. I don't know how to cook. But you go bake them some cookies and take it to them. And they curse you. Bloom, 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 bloom. You know, I'm not saying no words. Bloom, 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 bloom. You know, they say all this kind of bad stuff to you. And you go bake them some cookies or bake them a nice pie and give it to them. You're blessing those who curse you. That's hard to do, isn't it? Yeah, it is to me. You, 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 maybe not to you. All right, look, what's the next one? Do good to those who hate you and pray for those. Here you are, uh, brother. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. You know, I, I'm like uh, uh, James and John. I pray for them. Lord, zap them. May fire come down of, out of heaven and zap them. That's my type of prayer. You know, if there's some, there's some scriptures. Now, listen, I'm a preacher's kid. I've been raised in the church all my life. My wife's a preacher's kid too. You know, we've been raised in the church all of our life. And, and you know, I, 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 I'll be honest with you. There's some scriptures in the Bible I just don't like. And this is one of them. Can't help it. I gotta live by it, but it's one of them I just don't like because I don't want to pray for those who don't like me. The Bible says I need to do that. I have to do that. So the scripture here, you know, instead of blowing up, and friends and young people, with the culture that we're in today and with the problems that we're having in America, as a Christian, we're gonna get more and more persecution. We're going to have more and more oppression, more and more people coming against us because of our biblical stance. You're going to be called uh, uh, hate mongers. We are called as a believer, if you're living according to the word of God, you're going to be called hate mongers. You're going to be called all kinds of names, but we can't get puffed up about it. We can't blow up about it. We've got to stay calm and we've got to love our enemies. We've got to bless those who curse us, do good to those who hate us, and pray for those who spitefully use us and persecute us pray and not pray that they'll be zapped we just pray that God will save them and help them there's one more fish I was teaching at a I was teaching at a um, a group of interns young people uh, last year and just going through these 
fish and talking about this. And they said, you know what? You got to get some good fish. You got to get a good fish. And I thought about that. I said, you're right. And so I've come up with another fish that I, I think that really tops it all. Anybody know what this is? You should know what it is. You know them all. I know you know them all. You are a fisherman. Let me get somebody back here. Anybody back here know? How about, huh? Come on. What is it? Huh? A what? A salmon. You're right. It's a salmon. It's a salmon. Now, salmon, there's two things about a salmon that are real unique that I think, and we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to pull this net in here now. There's two things about a salmon that are very unique. Anybody tell me one of them? You said it. The salmon swims upstream. The salmon swims upstream. He goes against the current. Just recently, I was over on the Columbia River. My wife and I were coming from the Dalles up to Washougal, uh, Washington, to where her sister lives. And um, we stopped at the Bonneville Dam. Anybody ever been there? Bonneville Dam? A couple of you? Bonneville Dam on the, on the Columbia? And I, I, I'd never been to a dam before, and I thought it was pretty cool. And they would let you go in there, and they had um, a fish ladder. And they had windows there where you could look through the fish ladder. And we saw salmon that were going upstream, going up the ladder. And there's several dams on up the, the river. But the, the fish were going upstream and going up the ladder, which is going against the grain. Notice what it says here, 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. So in other words, what he's saying here, and what this fish here represents, is that we can't flow with the culture around us. When, it, with, when the culture's doing one thing, we've got to do what the Word of God says. You know, the Bible talks about uh, two paths in, in Matthew chapter 7. Two paths, two gates. One is a wide gate, wide path, where a lot of people are on it. A lot of people are, are, are following this path. Then there's a straight and narrow path, and there's only a few who find it. And Jesus is at the end of the straight and narrow path. So what we see here is that we've got to go against the grain. We've got to stick to the word of God. If the culture says it's okay, if the government says it's okay, if the law says it's okay, if it's against the word of God, we cannot do it. We've got to go against the grain. We cannot go with the flow. And let me say this. I've heard young people say this before. Everybody else is doing it, but my idea is this. If everybody else is doing something, it's probably wrong because Jesus said his way is straight and narrow and only a few people are going to find it. So young people, I encourage you, don't just flow with the culture. Don't just go with what everybody else is doing in your schools. Let me say to your teachers, you might they might be teaching one thing, and if it's against the word of God, you take a stand, you speak up, be strong, and God will bless you for it. But now, there's a second thing. Anybody else tell me the second thing that this salmon does? Something unique. Right? I, I, I know you know you just got a mental blank because I asked you. Where are we going? They die to give birth. They die to give birth. See, what they do is they swim upstream, they give birth, and then they die. And that's what you and I 
We have to do. We give of ourselves. It's not us. Paul said, let me read what Paul said. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We've got to be crucified with Christ. It's no longer us. We've got to give ourselves, give up our time, give up uh, uh, our will, our goals, give it all up to follow Christ and do what he wants us to do, and that is to reach out to our community. Young people, I, I told you earlier, I am so encouraged at the Slavic community and the youth in the Slavic community. I'm so encouraged at, at, at so many of them are, are on fire for God and are strong in the Lord. And I want to encourage you to continue to do that. And if you're not, if you're just kind of in and out and just kind of floating around with the stream or whatever, I want to encourage you tonight, my friends, uh, that you can be strong in the Lord. You can give yourself and die that others might have life because you're an example uh, to their community and to your schools. But how do we do that? How do we, how do we swim against the grain? How do we, now listen, I, a, a salmon is a strong fish. I, I had the privilege a few years ago to go to Alaska and go salmon fishing. And uh, I caught a salmon, one of the hardest pulling fishes I've, I've, bought, I've, I've caught. And I noticed they've got real big tails. God has given them strength. And, and the stamina to swim against the grain, to get back, uh, to make it to that place where they give birth. God has given them that inner, that inner uh, knowing of where to go to give birth, to have their babies, and then they die. How does that happen? It's, it's a God thing. And I say to you, young people, it's a God thing that will give you strength. You cannot swim against the grain by yourself. You cannot give birth. You can't reach the lost by yourself. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, the scripture says uh, in, in uh, Acts uh, here, well, it says in Acts, I'll read it. I don't know why it's not, uh, not turning. But in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, uh, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You will receive power. Friends, we need power. We need power in this end times. This is where the Holy Ghost comes in. We need power in these end times to be able to stand against the, 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 cult, the flow of the culture, against the, 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 the falsities and the, the demonic powers that are coming over this nation. We need to be able to stand against, but it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Let me just tell you a story. Uh, about the Holy Spirit. When I was a kid, I told you I'm a preacher's kid, and uh, my mom, she knew how important the Holy Ghost was. So it didn't matter what my dad preached when I was growing up. It didn't matter. I had to go to the altar and seek this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, when I'm speaking of the, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm speaking of Acts chapter 2, of when the Holy Ghost came upon them, and, uh, yeah, I don't know how that happened, but there it is. You see the scripture. Uh, Acts chapter 2, uh, excuse me, Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost came down and they spoke in another language, and you know, uh, 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 there were people there from all nations, uh, and, and they heard them speak in their own language. And this was a heavenly language, though. God inspired. And so, um, uh, and, and, and Peter steps out and said, these are not drunk like you think they are. They're, you know, this is that which Joel, Prophet Joel uh, has uh, prophesied back many years ago, but but uh, I'm speaking of this 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 gift that is given. So my mom, she 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 always said, 
son, you need to go to the altar. You need to seek the Holy Ghost. So my dad would preach on salvation, and at the end of the service, I'd have to go to the altar and seek the Holy Ghost. And I'm sure everybody looked around and said, I thought he was already saved, you know. But I had to go to the altar and seek the Holy Ghost. My dad preached on divine healing, and I'd have to go to the altar and seek the Holy Ghost. And I'm sure people looked around and said, oh, my goodness. I, thought, I wonder what's wrong with him. He's so young. What's wrong with him, you know? But I had to go to the altar and seek the Holy Ghost because my mom saw how important the Holy Ghost was. When I was 12 years old, I, um, we had a youth camp. And it was real close to my house, about 15 minutes from the house. I had a youth camp. I was so excited to go to youth camp. And uh, I had a problem, though. The same week of youth camp was Little League All-Stars. That's baseball, and I was on the All-Star team. I was a good, pretty good ball player. And I was on the All-Star team, and it was the same week. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do, you know. Camp, baseball, camp, baseball. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, what, what am I going to do? And I got special permission from the camp director to leave the camp at night, go play my baseball game, and come back. Well, it's only two miles apart. You know, it's real close. I mean, you know, so it's no big deal, really. So Monday night, I left, went and played my ball game, and I came back. And I heard they had a really good service. And I heard that there was a nine-year-old that got the Holy Ghost. Now, there's no nine-year-olds in here. But I heard a nine-year-old, and I said to myself, God, well, I said to God, I said it to myself and God, I said, that's just not fair. I've been seeking the Holy Ghost all my life, and here is a nine-year-old who got the Holy Ghost. That's not fair. So Tuesday, I'll be honest, I got jealous, very jealous, because I didn't have the Holy Ghost. Tuesday night came, my dad came to pick me up, and I said, Dad, met him outside. I said, Dad, I'm not going tonight to play ball. I'm going to stay here and get the Holy Ghost. About 9 o'clock that night, they gave the invitation. And young people, I remember I went down, they had a prayer room. This was an outdoor, it was a tabernacle, but it was outdoor, open air, sawdust floor, you know. And I went back to the prayer room and I began to seek, I knelt down, I began to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And let me just say this, that we always seek the giver, not the gift. You seek the giver, not the gift. And I began to worship Jesus and tell him how much I loved him. And I began to magnify his name. And I stood, set, uh, knelt there and ended up actually laying on the floor for two hours. And then the musicians, the singers were singing and I heard them singing the song, Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsty soul of mine. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. Oh, and as they were singing that song, I just gave it all to Jesus. And I said, fill my cup, Lord. And the Holy Ghost came down and I began to speak in a heavenly language. It wasn't English, it wasn't Russian, Ukrainian or whatever. It was a heavenly language. And young people, I want to tell you, I don't know who won the ball game that night. I don't know who they got to take my place. But I'll tell you this, what I got that night, I still have it tonight, that Holy Ghost. And I want to say to you tonight that the Holy Spirit will fill you tonight if you hunger and thirst more than anything. He'll fill you. 
fill you with his power and change your destiny. Change your destiny. I think about in John chapter 21. In John chapter 21, there was another multiplication of fish. You see, Jesus, Peter, in the midst of, Peter had denied the Lord, you know, the three times and all that kind of stuff, and they were discouraged, and Jesus had resurrected and everything by then. But I'm sure Peter thought that all the call that God had, Jesus had given to him from the first fish story, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men, he probably thought was all gone because he'd failed. And some of you have failed. There have been times in your life you've failed. Listen, in John chapter 21, Jesus did it again. And the scripture said they caught 153 big fish. Now, symbolically, what I'm seeing with Peter is that this was, Peter, the call is still on you. I don't care how many times you failed, the call is still there. And you are going to go and you're going to catch a lot of not just little fish, but you're going to get some big fish. And what I say to you tonight, young people, if you get full of the Holy Ghost and don't get discouraged, don't care, we're not worried about the past. We're worried about today, what God has for you today. And if you will focus on what God has and get full of the Holy Ghost, you can be another Peter. You can be another Paul. God's got awesome things in store for every one of you. And you can change your city. You can change the culture around us. You young people can change the atmosphere of the school that you're in you take a stand but it's going to take the power of the Holy Ghost so I ask you what kind of fish are you I want to be a salmon I want to be a salmon but I want to be full of the Holy Ghost I'm going to ask you to stand with me just a moment and I'm going to believe tonight that God's going to fill hungry hearts I said hungry and thirsty hearts see in Matthew 5 I think it's 5 6 it says blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness and they will be filled they will be filled now there's a wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit here tonight but if you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit but you would desire and you really want that gift from God I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and come and just stand across this front right now is are there any here there any here I don't know what you're used to doing at the church here but but uh, I'm gonna give you that opportunity but you got it you've got a desire God let me say this God's not going to give you anything you don't want so you don't have to worry about it if you're scared don't worry about it but he's gonna he says he will not withhold any good gift from you but I'm gonna ask is there anyone here that you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit Anybody? I'm assuming then that everyone here is, is full of the Holy Ghost. Man, y'all got a great, <laughs> it's unusual. Everybody here full of the Holy Ghost. And, and Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do then. If you always want more, you want more. Let me just tell you one more story here. And, and at our Christian school about three years ago, we had a, a really good revival in the school. And there were, there were young people that were saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. There was one girl, she was 15 years old. Do we have a 15-year-old here? I know we got a 15-year-old boy here. I, 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 do. do we have any 50-year-old girls here, 15? 
There's one in the back. Uh, raise your hand real high where people. Everybody see the young lady in the back? She's got her hands raised. She's 15. See her? Okay. It was a 15-year-old girl. And this girl was, was not raised in a real solid Christian home. And she was um, uh, shy. She wasn't popular in school. We never asked her to get up on the stage and do anything. You know, because she was just quiet. Just don't want to be seen. Just a quiet girl. But during that revival, she got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you what, I have never seen a young lady change. You know, the Bible says you will receive power after the Holy Ghost comes. You might have seen anything like it. was just a, she became a different person. I watched her around the altars, and she was just, she was praying for other young people. And I mean, she was intense. This girl changed. About two months after that revival, I was in church, and I'd invited everybody to come to the front, adults, young people around. God's spirit was moving. She was over there. I was watching her. She was praying for other young people. She was just really getting into it. And all of a sudden, she went over and whispered in the ear to a young man. You know, as a pastor, I'm up here just kind of, you know, watching everything. And she whispered to a young man. And a young man came up, whispered in my ear. And he said, Pastor Reagan, her name was Reagan, says, Reagan said she had a word from the Lord for you. And I said, sure. Well, let me tell you, at that moment, nobody in the church knew. Nobody knew that I was really struggling in my, my decision-making because God was telling us we needed to resign our church and go on the road. And nobody knew but my wife and I. And I was, I was in a state of confusion. I was just kind of, I didn't know what to do. But Reagan's got a word of the Lord for me. Reagan comes up and whispers in my ear, not in a mic. She says, Pastor, the Lord told me to tell you that everything was going to be all right. That didn't mean anything to anybody else, but it meant something to this 62-year-old man. Everything's going to be all right. I don't have to worry. And God used a 15-year-old girl to speak to this 62-year-old man, a preacher, been in the church all my life. God used her to encourage me. And I'm saying to you tonight, friends, young people, God will use you. Don't belittle yourself. God will use you if you will just give him everything. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's just, let's, Pastor, I don't, is it okay to bring them all? Come on to the front, everyone. Come on. Everybody, just come on down. We're going to pray. And we'll just seek the Lord. Just come on. Just, hey, look, it's not about me. I'm not going to come and just uh, lay my hand on you necessarily. I might, some of you, but, but we just want to pray and seek, the God to, seek God tonight. Let's not be a catfish. Let's not be a big mouth bass. Let's not be a flounder. Let's not be a blowtoad. But let's be a salmon. Let's ask the Lord to fill us, refill us, to give us that power of the Holy Spirit. Get your mind on him. Just reach out to him right now. Father, I pray for